Welcome to the So You're Moving to Tampa Bay podcast. Get the information you need to help make Tampa Bay your new home. Iris Green, realtor with Keller Williams and Trisha Hirschfeld, military spouse and executive assistant for Military Home Base, shed light on all you need to know for your move to Tampa Bay. From expenses to savings and from fun to facts, Trisha and Iris are delivering all the dirty details. everybody, it's Iris Green here again, and um, Trish is taking some time off today to spend with her beautiful daughter, Lily. So I am here to discuss all things insurance with Melissa Galway. Um, Melissa has 15 years in the insurance industry, and she actually has her own company now, Excellence First Insurance. I know we've referenced insurance when we've talked about how expensive Florida can be. So Melissa, is insurance more expensive here? It is a lot more expensive here. Um, I've been licensed in all 50 states. I've written insurance in all 50 states. And I will say that Florida ranks one of the top three most expensive states in the United States. Well, and most people think that that's because of hurricanes, right? And I didn't actually find my homeowner's insurance to be crazy expensive. It was my car insurance. Yeah, it's um, so there's a lot of things a lot of factors about car insurance regarding to the state of Florida that's different in other states. So the state of Florida doesn't require bodily injury liability like you would if you were in North Carolina or in Georgia. So when it comes to the different states, most states have a minimum requirement of at least 10, 20, 10 or 25, 50. That doesn't mean anything to me. I'm sorry. Okay. So 10, 20, <laughs> so 10,000 per person, 20,000 okay. per accident. Um, which is bodily injury. So if I were to run into you mm-hmm. and you had injuries and the accident was my fault, mm-hmm. my insurance policy would pay you for your medical expenses. Right. Um, so in the state of Florida, you self-insure for $10,000. Well, who has $10,000 just sitting in their bank waiting for an auto accident? Well, wait a minute, back up, because I thought Florida was a no-fault state. Doesn't that mean my um, insurance doesn't pay your bills if we get in a wreck? To a certain extent. So the Florida no-fault state is, it's, it's kind of, we're going into two different topics. So, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. No, so <laughs> auto insurance is expensive in the state of Florida for one of the primary reasons is there's no bodily injury liability limitation. So okay. people self-insure. Okay. And when you self-insure, most people don't have any bodily injury liability. So if I hit you mm-hmm. and you're injured, I'm not going to pay anything because I don't have any insurance. Right. Okay. So what people do to avoid being in that situation of someone hitting them that doesn't have the adequate coverage, they Mm -hmm. buy uninsured motorists. Got it. So that's why uninsured motorists is one of the highest costs and premiums in the state of Florida. Now you start talking about no fault. Mm -hmm. So you get into an accident, you're injured, Melissa hits Iris. Iris's policy has what's called personal injury protection. Okay, regardless of who is at fault of the accident, your personal injury protection will pay first. Okay. Regardless. So that's where the no fault state comes into play. Anything after your personal injury protection, well, they will come after Melissa for. And then at that point in time, if I don't have the bodily injury liability, Mm -hmm. your uninsured motorists or underinsured motorists will take play. Um, So that's how the coverages are supposed to break down to. And because it's so complicated in this state, (laughs) 
It's super expensive. Nobody insures themselves properly. That's why auto insurance is just so high. And then it all ends up going to court and people are unhappy. And let's just talk about we are the sue happy state of America. Everybody will sue. So Um, basically what you're saying is if we have people looking to move into Florida, they need to call Melissa (laughs) to make sure they're adequately insured for the move to Florida. Now, something else I had heard, and please tell me if this is true or not, is that the insurance premiums are driven by the zip code you live in. That is is correct. Yep. So for example, I just, I was living in 33510, which is Mm -hmm. Brandon this entire time. Right. I recently moved to Plant City, which is 33566. Mm -hmm. My premiums went down a hundred and so dollars. A month? Uh, no, every six months. Oh, yeah. I, w- <laughs> I wish. Um, I only say a month because I know what I pay monthly and it hurts every time I do it. You I have pay teenage drivers. Once, I only have one and she okay. has a fantastic record of a straight A student. And I, my Spy bill age. is the cost of a luxury car. Yeah. I believe it. I believe it. Yeah. It's expensive, especially those who adequately insure themselves because they have things to lose. So it's just expensive. But insurance is. I, I was speaking with a client this morning, actually, and she's like, I don't understand. She was born in 85, so that makes her about 35 now. And she goes, why are my rates so high? She's paying about $500 every month. Mm-hmm. Which, by the way, guys, mine's higher than that. So let yeah. that yeah. So feel that pain. <laughs> and But then there's rare cases like mine, and I'm knocking on wood, because we pay 200 a month. Oh, but you don't have teenage drivers yet. I don't have teenage drivers yet, (laughs) you know, and thankfully, although my husband's a horrible driver, and I'm saying that on the record, he's a horrible driver, (laughs) you know, thankfully, it has not necessarily impacted us just yet. She was paying 500 a month, and it was Mm -hmm. because of the fact that she had a personal injury protection claim. Ah, okay. So she had a PIP claim, and I told her, I was like, those claims can go about, they will count them for at least three to five years. Really? I and didn't know that. Yeah. But that's the thing that makes this state so wonky is that if Melissa hits Iris, Iris's personal injury protection has to pay out before Melissa's policy will. But if mine, let's say I don't have that coverage. You have to have it. It's you have a state to have required it. coverage. So that's another note to you guys. You have to have it. So yes. make sure you have another it. Another note too, when you uh, move to this state is there is no uninsured motorist property damage. So what that means is if somebody hits your car and flees the scene, you're subject to your deductible. And in other states, they have that. Will that affect my premium if somebody else hit me and I have to make a claim because my car's been totaled? Right. So let's say your car was parked in the lot. You went to go get a massage. Somebody rammed into it, didn't leave a note and left. Yes, Mm -hmm. that's going to impact you. Oh my gosh. So in other states though, they have uninsured motorist right. property damage. So if somebody hits you, you're not there, it would fall under un- uninsured motorist because they don't know who hit your car. Right. So yeah, that's what another thing that makes the state wonky. And I will tell you that insurance is really based off of credit these days. Credit is such a ginormous factor. And uh, also length of length of time with the care company you're with too. So I tell people, you know, as much as we want to research our options every year, mm-hmm. sometimes it's best to change your auto insurance once you hit that two-year mark. Okay. Because you might find some, unless the difference is pretty significant, mm-hmm. then you don't want to switch companies every six months. Well, and... And you want to make sure you're comparing apples to apples. Oh, yes. Apples to apples is so important because 
Um, not saying anything about other insurance agencies, but I, I always tell my employees and I pray that they go by this is that make sure that it is apples to apples and do not ever encourage somebody to switch over just for 50 bucks. It does right. not make any sort of sense. It's more harmful for you to try to save the $50 than it is for you to, you know, stick with the same company. Because even if you stick with the same company for another year, mm-hmm. that $50 savings might be $300 right. in the future. So it's it's not always beneficial to keep insurance hopping. Um, length of time with carrier is a big factor too. So I'm going to shift gears a little bit away from the the accident to natural disaster because everyone moving to Florida knows we have hurricanes every year. Somebody gets impacted in the state of California by a hurricane. How does that impact? So let's say um, I'm at the beach and my car gets destroyed by a tidal surge or something like that. Um, Auto insurance will take play. And And it'll cover the property? No. Let's say for example, okay, you're traveling Mm -hmm. and a tornado comes, you're in Kansas. A tornado comes and totally just whoops your car away, gone, the property is missing, Mm -hmm. destroyed. So the auto insurance will only take care of the car. Mm -hmm. Your home or renter's insurance will take care of the property that was inside the vehicle. And that's true for a Florida policy. That is true for a Florida policy. That's true for any policy. And so that that also takes place if we have a flood and our car floats away. So... Again, flood is tricky because your homeowner's policy, unless endorsed, um, unless you have private flood and it's endorsed on, flood is not typically covered on a homeowner's policy. Right. Not in this state. But for an auto policy, if I'm traveling, let's say I'm in a different part of the state of Florida and flooding occurs. Yeah. Um, At that point, your car is covered by your auto because they will cover flood. Oh, okay. Considered a comp claim. Okay. Um, And then your home insurance or flood insurance can can take care of the contents inside of it. Okay. So So shifting gears again, let's talk about homeowner's insurance because as you know, my mom Mm -hmm. uh, was in the wildfires in the state of California, which she's back home now. Everything's good. Um, Yeah. They, they were fortunate. Very sadly, eight eight people lost their eight homes were lost, but considering it was over 50,000 acres, I think that the firefighters and first responders did a fantastic job of protecting people and no, no lives lost. So that's awesome. That is awesome. That is, awesome. <laughs> that is awesome. So when this happened, one of the things I asked Melissa is fire covered? Like if it's a natural disaster, wildfire and... Um, I will tell you, what, and this is where contracts come into play and you want to ask about the contracts with the agent that you work with is an HO3, an HO8. Typically they do the all perils as an HO8 and HO3 does listed perils. Perils is a hazard. Okay. Fire, lightning, water, theft, you know, a tree branch falling Mm -hmm. in your house. Those are hazards. An HO3 policy will cover it. And you want to make sure that you get one of those solid standard contracts. So those, I would say about 90%, unless you're doing like a builder's risk policy or something unusual, Mm -hmm. because the mortgage company won't accept anything other than an HO3 or an HOA. So those contracts automatically cover fire. Okay. So that's a good thing. It's not necessarily something to worry about, which is in your mom's case. I'm like, right. more than likely she has <laughs> it. And it's funny because fires in California are like hurricanes here in Florida. Right, right. And we so, had this conversation. Yeah, that- when I worked at a, 
at a larger company and I insured back in California, that was one of the things too. Is fires and earthquakes are such a big thing. So we have wind mitigations here mm-hmm. to save you money on your roof. They have inspections over there for earthquakes and tie downs and inspections on do they have certain linings around the house mm-hmm. to prevent the fire, fire breaks, fire yeah. breaks coming around the house. And they give you discounts for that right. versus here. We're more about, do you have hurricane shutters and, and roof? Yes. Is your garage door reinforced? Right. Yeah. So it's funny from different state to state. And I remember doing that over there in California. So getting back to kind of Florida, if we have somebody moving into the state, I remember you telling me at one point that a two-story is generally more expensive, generally more expensive to insure than a single-story house. Oh, absolutely. So a two-story is generally more expensive because they're built as wood frame up top. Mm-hmm. A majority of the times, depending on how much square footage is on the top of the home, will they rate it as a frame built home versus a masonry built home? Now, builders are starting to get smart. And I'm like, why haven't we done this for years? They're <laughs> starting to build block on block, mm-hmm. which is the way we should be doing in this state. But I don't think that actually started until about 2018, 2017. Yeah. So if you're looking at homes that were built prior to, and it's a two-story home, more than likely, it's frame up top. And and from a real estate perspective, right, because I'm a realtor with Keller Williams, I can tell you there are certain builders that opted to do the masonry on the second floor, but they are few and far between Mm -hmm. prior to 2018. They exist, but um, it's definitely a question to ask if you're buying a two-story home, what the likelihood is that it's wood frame. Right. And I think you and I have also just, well, you kind of mentioned that the flood policy is separate than the regular policy. Let's talk, because we're in hurricane season. Oh, yeah. So hurricane season, I know, because I have customers that do it, they'll scramble to buy flood insurance because the hurricane is coming next week. So you can't buy a policy if the hurricane's coming next week. I don't care what insurance company swears to God they can give it to you. It's usually a fluke. So I will tell you, when you purchase conventional, Mm -hmm. you have a lot more options when it comes to flood insurance. And conventional means what? Conventional is a mortgage, a conventional mortgage where you put, I'm not a mortgage broker, so I don't know. but It goes as little as 3% for a 3% mortgage and it goes all the way up to... Whatever. Right. Right. If you do a conventional loan, you have more options for flood insurance. What does that mean? That means that you can choose to go private flood, which can be more competitive on price. You have more options regarding to coverages on private flood insurance than if you go with the NFIP, which is the National Flood Insurance Program, Mm -hmm. which is backed by FEMA. So if you do a FHA loan or a VA loan, they typically require you to go the National Flood Insurance Program, which is the NFIP. Those rates are by the book. It doesn't matter how many agents you try to go to to shop it. Those rates are what they are. The only things you can do to change those premiums are change your coverage on contents, change your coverage on the house, assuming the mortgage company will allow it, and change your deductible. That's it. But uh, when you do a conventional loan, you have more options on coverages and prices. Well, and that kind of takes me into a little bit of a segue because you said if the mortgage company will allow it. So as a realtor, I know that a home in flood zone X does not require flood insurance, right? right? So it doesn't have to be escrowed, which means your, your mortgage company doesn't require it. 
Well, that doesn't mean you shouldn't have it. Right. Because <laughs> it's Florida and water. Hello. <laughs> right. So Hurricane Irma in 2017, um, Polk County was in a flood zone X. What flood zone X means is there's one in a hundred year chance of you flooding or one in a 500 year chance of you flooding. Doesn't mean you'll never flood. It just means that the probability is less. So in Polk County in 2017, we had a storm surge. What a storm surge mean is basically the hurricane picked up all the water from the Gulf and it dropped it right in the middle of Polk County. So all of those flood zone X's were flooded. Yeah. <laughs> and they didn't have the adequate coverage. Why? Because they I don't- weren't in a flood zone. I, were, I wasn't in a flood zone. Mm-hmm. So if you see that you're in a flood zone X, just know you're not, you may not be required by the lender to purchase it, but it may be smart to purchase it. Well, and it's not that much. If you're not in a flood zone, it's not a pricey thing to get. And I have to tell you guys, peace of mind, especially when you have a hurricane barreling down on your state and you don't know where it's going to land, is huge. (laughs) Especially when it's something that could really just destroy your life. Oh, yeah, for sure. And it's so inexpensive. I mean, right now... For two hundred and fifty thousand in coverage, which is the max they'll do on flood, mm-hmm. um, you're paying five hundred and sixteen bucks for a year. So yeah. if you do that, that's less than fifty bucks a month. Yeah, you spend that money on junk food. <laughs> and so. I personally will tell you, I I would buy if I had to choose between purchasing a flood policy and purchasing a home warranty, I would go with a flood policy all day long because of the amount of damage that can be done. I've I've had to deal with water damage in my house. Mm. My it's house is destroyed, and it's. Sometimes it feels like you don't quite recover from you it. Really so don't. get in the habit of insuring, getting flood insurance if you're moving here. And then one last thing I wanted to ask you about before we wrap up, hurricanes and sinkholes. Well, I guess that's two things, hurricanes and sinkholes. Mm-hmm. Okay. So one of the things that people think about when they come here is they see on the news that sinkholes have happened <laughs> in our area. And what does insurance do for that? Like, what does that, is that included in the policy? So there's two different kinds of sinkhole coverages in the state of Florida. One that is required by the state on every home insurance, HO3 policy and DP3s that they do. DP3s are rental homes. What they do is they require catastrophic ground and collapse coverage. Look, I teach you so yes. much. <laughs> catastrophic ground and collapse coverage. Now, this one has to be naked to the eye. You have to see the hole. It, the home is considered uninhabitable. It's basically done. Mm-hmm. Let's, let's just get rid of it. You're basically not going back home. Right. That's the best way of putting it. And with that, the deductible is your standard deductible, whatever right. your deductible is. Then you have standard sinkhole coverage, which is not required by the state. But it's optional if you do have a sinkhole and you want to repair it because it is deemed repairable, Mm -hmm. that deductible is 10% of the rebuilding cost of your home. So your rebuilding cost, if I can recall, let's say is about 300 and plus thousand. So if if your rebuilding cost is 300,000, your deductible is 30 grand. So that's a large (laughs) deductible. And then I tell people all the time, I'm like, you've got to read those contracts because there are so many insurance companies love to do exclusions. And Mm -hmm. I hate to say that because I am an insurance agent. I sell insurance for a living, but they like to do what's called exclusions. You have to read on that contract. If you choose to buy that coverage, read on that contract, ask for a copy of that contract on how they cover the sinkhole. Because if they're excluding the underpinning or the filling of the sinkhole, 
what's the point of doing it besides fixing the structural damage to the home? Which, by the way, that means the hole is still there. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> or you're going to pay in addition to that thirty thousand plus dollars yeah. to fill that hole. You're going <laughs> to so. you're going to pay thirty thousand dollars to fill the hole, and then you're going to pay another thirty thousand dollars to to get the inside fix. It's sad, but it is very true. So catastrophic. The way I see it is, you know, if, I hope it goes under. You know, because, <laughs> I'm like, you give me a single, drown it, baby, drown the house, but make sure me and my family are out. Um, so it is one of those things regarding the sinkhole, but are hurricanes, the deductible is higher. Lately, insurance companies have been a little bit more flexible on deductibles. You can choose a 1% and a 2%. Keep in mind when they say you're hurricane deductible, hurricane also implies it implies typically a name storm. So mm -hmm. it, it's also going to apply to tropical storms. Oh, okay. Um, I, so I actually did not know that. I learned yeah, something so today. <laughs> it, those deductibles will be in effect for 72 hours of the storm. Okay. Um, so keep that in mind when you see tropical storm Laura coming through, mm -hmm. your hurricane deductible is automatically in, in the mist when it starts coming your way. Okay. So... To that, obviously, Hurricane Laura is going to miss the Tampa Bay area. Thanks. You know, we'll be praying for people in Texas and Louisiana who yeah, have a little bit of a double whammy. But what do we talk about when we talk about the cone of Florida? So my customers, I let my customers that are buying a house know that if a named storm comes into the cone of Florida during hurricane season, there's a hold on new insurance policies. What exactly does that mean? So when there's a storm that's threatened to come to the state of Florida. So for example, the second the meteorologist says... This is the predictive spaghetti model, and it shows a path going mm -hmm. towards Florida. Insurance companies start to suspend binding. So what that means is I can't issue a policy with that company. So what I always do is I put people on blast that are buying homes. I'm like, you need to issue the policy now. The second right. I see that the meteorologist shows that it's coming in this way, mm -hmm. I start issuing those policies, even if the closing date is 25 days away. Mm -hmm. You know, Typically, we can insure up to 30 days away. Okay. Um, so I will put that policy in place 30 days out just to make sure, because if a big hurricane or storm did come through mm -hmm. and there is a suspension in place, it can take them weeks to open up again. So, so that's important for you guys to know, because that has a domino effect. That means it can affect your closing date. And if your closing date is affected, that also affects the lock on your interest rate, which is going to cost you money for a rate lock extension that may cost a seller an additional mortgage payment. So it can start adding up and it's a domino effect. It's always smart to just issue the policy in advance, especially during the season, right? just to make sure that there are no pauses on that closing when you're purchasing that home due to insurance. Get started on the insurance as soon as you put the contract in. As soon as you get your inspections done, just go ahead and get started on the insurance process and we can issue it. I mean, as long as it's within 30 days, we can issue it. Yes. And I will say one of the benefits, and of course I brought Melissa in because I do work with her as far as she has, <laughs> she wrote the policy on my house. <laughs> so um, one of the things I will say, it's been beneficial that I can call you and you answer the phone. It's an I amazing do. thing. And if she doesn't, she calls me back the same day. So yes. um, there's something to be said for excellent customer service. So I hope you guys keep her in mind if you're relocating into the Tampa Bay area. And on that note, I know we 
just scratched the surface of insurance. So we'll probably yeah. have you back. Yeah, <laughs> if we got to okay. talk about water claims. We water claims, renters water insurance, renters property manager, business insurance, umbrella insurance. Like there's a, there's so much insurance yes. to know. And I, I definitely look forward to being on here again. Okay, wonderful. Well, we'll definitely have you back, Melissa. And on that note, we are going to wrap up. So join us for episode six. We're going to talk about entrepreneur endeavors with Daryl Height. Um, He's got a fun announcement to make. Uh, So I hope you tune in for that. And until then, we will talk to you soon. Have a wonderful day. Thank you for listening to So You're Moving to Tampa Bay. If you would like to connect with Iris and Trish, you can find them on Facebook at the So You're Moving to Tampa Bay Facebook page or connect via the So You're Moving to Tampa Bay Facebook group. They look forward to welcoming you home. 